Welcome to Straight from the Muzzle, folks, where we are anything but straight. My name is Space. And I'm Sparrow. And we welcome you to our exclusive episode today. If you are coming to this link from our BLFC keychain, then lucky you, you are listening to this episode a whole month early. So we have two different keychains that we have going around these conventions. You might even be coming from our meet and greet. So we have two panels at BLFC. We have our podcasting panel and we have our meet and greet. And both, you will have the opportunity to get a nice big fancy keychain that has this episode linked on the back via QR code. Absolutely. And we just wanted this to be a thank you for attending and also a thank you for giving us a shot and giving us your first listen. It always means a lot to us to have some new folks come on in and join the fun. And we have a lot of fun things to offer too. We're not your average podcast and we're definitely not your average furry podcast we're not afraid to tell honesty we love giving our own opinions honestly i don't care what other people think when we give our opinions because that's just why would i care (laughs) (laughs) that is the beauty you talked about so and so you're a bad furry great but you listen to my episodes that's a good stat hooray (laughs) (laughs) Also, if talking about other people makes us bad furries, then the entirety of Twitter would have to get nuked. Oh my god, right? I mean, talking bad about other furries, I don't really talk bad. I just have opinions about them. Try not to do too much trash talking because that's for other podcasts. That's true. We do not do a lot of trash talking. But when we say we're honest, it means that we don't put on a mask for our listeners. We are just truly ourselves here, even if ourselves mean stating an opinion that most people might keep to themselves. It really depends on the day and the show topic. I'm going to be real with you guys. But we are just here to have fun and to hang out we don't have scripts nope we often go on little tangents but that's what makes up our show right it's just genuine conversations between space and i and also between if we ever have any guests we have guests on our shows pretty frequently and we also get our community involved we read emails we will have opportunities for just listeners to come in and join our show if they want to we have those pretty frequently so they're always just genuine conversations between good people and i might actually join in on someone else's podcast that's a fan of our show. For instance, this evening I'm actually going to be a guest on one of our fans' shows and so I'm really excited for that because as I was reading like kind of the what to expect kind of thing, I'm like, this is exactly what we do. So this will be a perfect recording. I'm so excited. That's going to be so great. Yeah, I love it. All right. So today's episode is about what space? First world problems. Not (laughs) F-I-R-S-T, F-U-R-S-T. <laughs> I went to just emphasis there. Problems within the furry fandom specifically, and why they don't matter in the real world. <laughs> right? You have like first world problems, which are just like generic, like, you know, pet peeves. And then you have first world problems. And that's where, you know, it gets lots of fun and saucy. Sauce within the fandom. Yeah. So if it's one thing that will always be a stereotype for furries, it's that furries have drama. Even other fandoms that exist, you know, like anime fans or Star Wars fans or video gamers, they all who are aware of furries are aware of the stereotype of furry drama existing. Would you say that that's true, Space? I don't think you could have the furry fandom without drama. We almost (laughs) like it coexists with each other. Like if you don't have drama in the fandom, you don't have the furry fandom, but you have to have it in order to survive in it. It's just like one of those things you didn't ask for, but you know that you absolutely need. It's kind of like a toddler. If it's too quiet in the fandom, then you know something is wrong. Yes. And they're the doing only something. time I've been on Twitter and it, you know, I haven't seen something come up. It's usually because maybe an influential person in the fandom has died, or maybe there's a big world issue going on. Or they were caught having sex with someone out in the <laughs> middle of the con. Well, I don't know. Con time tends to be when the drama flares up on social media. I know. That's the best time <laughs> to look at social media. Even if you're not going to the convention, you'll be able to at least get some good tea from the internet because the convention is going it's on. Like like live updates from a major news site. Oh my god, you're so right. It is exactly like <laughs> That's that. Exactly what you get when you go to Twitter. It's so funny because like Twitter is fine. It's all kind of like its thing. But as soon as con season rolls around and then there's a major con going on, that's when like everything just triples in size and there's drama everywhere. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> 
Entertainment! Entertainment! <laughs> oh my god. So there's a lot of reasons why this stereotype could be seen as true. And I think one of the major aspects of that is because the fandom is so small. And it might not feel small, especially to people who have been in the fandom for a long time. Because when I first joined the fandom, the fandom was probably half of the size it is now. But it is still small compared to other fandoms compared to again people who are gamers people who are into anime people who are into star wars like those are ginormous fandoms but the furry fandom is still very small and with less people comes more knowledge it's kind of like that saying when you live in a small town can't get away with anything right <laughs> it's weird though because like it feels so big but it's not it's like a Willy Wonka door it looks really tiny from the outside you open it up you go in and it's huge but it's not as big as you think it is so because it is smaller and because it is very much a community that just makes things spread quicker it's less people to like if drama is spreading somewhere the less people you have the quicker it goes from one person to another. Oh, and like, okay. And to further on drama, drama also brings what we call misinformation. Yeah. And that spreads like wildfire in our fandom. There's always gasoline in the fandom. We're just waiting for someone to light the flame. Yep. It's like playing a game of telephone. Like one person (sighs) will say a statement and then whisper it to the next and whisper it to the next. And by the time you get to the very last person in line, you have a completely different statement. Or, God, I remember one year at FWA. It was the last year it existed. So I guess 2019 because, you know, COVID happened. But yeah, in 2019. And this is a small scale example. Okay, a fursuiter fell down an escalator. Oh, that's right. I remember hearing that one. He was fine. (laughs) But after it happened, everybody started texting each other within the con space and everybody started making tweets. And it went from, oh, a fursuiter took a tumble down an escalator to a fursuiter fell off of the balcony. Yeah, Those I remember are that. Those two completely different things. Falling down totally an escalator, yeah, that sucks. You can get hurt. You're going to break an arm or whatever. Falling from a balcony, that can kill you. Two completely different things. Yeah. So we thought that when we heard this information, we didn't hear a fursuiter fell down an escalator. We heard a fursuiter fell off the balcony from inside. And I was like, oh my God. And I was Googling it. I could not find anything yep. on and it. I'm like, and I'm like, what the hell? How about we don't? spread information we don't know is 100% true. Yeah. Like, is it really that hard? It is. Outside the fandom even, misinformation is just so easy to spread and to catch. But in the fandom because it is so small, <laughs> it misinformation could just spread so quickly. And that's something you gotta be mindful about. There's different things with misinformation too. I'm gonna focus on one iconic thing from BLFC of 2021. I wasn't there. Some of you who may be listening will roll your eyes because you know exactly what I'm gonna talk about. The pizza. The pizza. The pizza. (laughs) I, to this day, still don't know what 100% what exactly happened, but I know for a fact that all the stories that came from it are bullshit. Oh my God. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. But at the same time, I think that it's so funny because that is the fandom right there. It is something that someone does and then one person hears about it and it blows up and everyone's like talking about it. And they're like, oh, this is what makes the fandom bad. And this is what gives us a bad rap and going on bad raps. I'm just going to go down this alley here. We don't need any more bad raps, but (laughs) I don't really care about the pizza incident because I think it's really funny. But the thing is, is like what I don't get is our fandom always gets a bad rap about sexualized things and having this pizza that someone jizzed on does not help our fandom for when people go to look for it or for when parents are like, well, what's a furry? And then they go and pull it up and they're just like, a furry jizz on the... No, no, no. You can't be a part of a fandom. This is not a good thing. And so we just don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> the more misinformation you spread, the quicker it can spread to people outside of the fandom. And it's just, if anything is going to escape our realm of community, then at least make it accurate. <laughs> I, I don't get it, right? So like it escapes our community and then we're the major target. How do anime conventions not get bad raps? Because all it is is big ass boobs and over-sexualized characters everywhere. Yeah. And yet 
that's okay in society. But as soon as a furry comes up in topic, it's like, oh, gross, you're one of those. And it's like, what the hell? You guys have like worse content than we do. That makes no sense. Yeah, because like if we look at the hypocrites of anime fans versus furries, that could be a whole show on its own. Oh, But it's like whenever people who are anime fans are like, oh, furries are sexual deviants and this, this and that. And I'm like, well, at least when I go to a furry convention and walk around, I only see like, you know, funny animal people walking around. I go into the artist alley and I see safe for work art. I see plushies, whatever. And in order to get to the not safe for work stuff, I have to show my driver's license and go to a completely different room. And even then, all of the artwork, all of the items you could buy in the not safe for work part of the dealer's den is all adult consensual art versus I've been to dozens of anime conventions. And at every single one, there's always super sexual stuff everywhere, whether it's cosplayers, which is fine. I'm not saying that's bad. But like Space said, why would you target the furry fandom and not target the anime community or the uh, anime conventions? Because I'll walk around, I'll see super sexual cosplayers. An even bigger issue, and this isn't okay. I don't know why this is so prevalent. In dealer rooms at anime conventions, there are stands selling artwork, uh, selling body pillows of anime characters, especially female anime characters who are minors they yeah. are children they are under 18 and that's or okay if they aren't under 18 maybe you, they argue like oh she's not under 18 she's hundreds of years old but she's obviously coded to look like a child yeah i'm like this is pedophilic artwork and y'all are just okay with it or you people selling manga right you can go through bins and bins of manga and you can find tons of hentai with minors in it and i'm like that's pedophilia i'm sorry that's child pornography and that is common you don't even have to show your id to go into a room selling this stuff so one not only is it immoral but two it's just there for anybody to see so i'm like how are you going to complain about furries when you have this issue in your own community how about you work on yourself (laughs) it's so annoying and like the thing is is i don't mind having artwork of someone that's 100 years old but they look like a child that's one thing but when you make it sexualized it blows my mind because it's not a big deal and no one cares And then here when we do something, and of course, we kind of do it to ourselves, to be honest. But when we do something, it's like, we're the target. You know, I get it. That's probably what it is. We are the target of all fandoms around us. Because we're so easy to make fun of. We're so easy to point fingers at that no one ever thinks about other types of fandom that are way worse than we are. Yeah. And I think the reason why we're such an easy target and the reason why even drama within our own communities can spread so quickly, well, and Twitter, is because furries are very passionate about what they do. They're passionate about their hobbies. They're passionate about their lifestyle. And they're passionate about the people within that community. It's a safe space. It's a community for a lot of people that don't feel welcome elsewhere. It's a very LGBT heavy community. A lot of people in the furry community are not neurotypical. Maybe they have ADHD. Maybe they have autism and this is a place where they feel welcome and they feel safe and because furries are people first we don't enjoy just franchises we are not here to enjoy a specific tv show or specific movie or something some company created it'll it'll come up but it's not the core value yeah it's not the core value like we have our b stars and we have our garfields and like things like that but but overall we are fans of ourselves and we're fans of other artists you go to an anime convention and i keep bullying anime here this is just an easy example to connect i know we're to. trying to make it easy so that they can take more bad rap than we can <laughs> okay if you go to an anime convention and you go into an artist alley you see a lot of franchise stuff a lot of factory stuff like manga yeah. dvds figures plushies right or you'll see artists that do not necessarily manufactured stuff but they make remake and remake new styles of characters that already exist yeah so even if artists are there they're selling merchandise of characters that are not their own it's fan art which is fine and valid and i'm sure they create their own stuff too but it's not Mm -hmm. so it's a mixture of artists made things but mostly it's a lot of companies coming in and selling merchandise that already existed from funimation or from whatever yeah but you go to a furry convention and you don't see any of that it is all artists there's not a place for artists separate 
it is all artists. It is all people selling stuff of their own characters or of animals in general or whatever. So because it's people first and we are fans of ourselves and fans of each other, when there are issues within our fandom, we really take it and run with it because it's targeting what makes our fandom, which is ourselves, which is our other humans, rather than these fantastical beings or these characters that don't actually exist. Our artists are real people. Our artists actually exist. And because we're fans of our artists, when our artists go through something, we take it personally, even if it's not a big deal. Yeah. And the furry fandom also tends to be a safe space and a community for many people, which causes to be more defensive of what happens within, regardless of the size of the threat. Mm -hmm. That's an issue that happens and that causes a lot of drama. And that kind of goes along with passion as well. Absolutely. And just to make sure we are clear (laughs) as we go into our first world problems, there is a difference between drama and real problems. So like Space mentioned with the BLFC cum pizza, that is drama, right? Like some people did a sexual thing on a pizza. Okay, haha, whatever. That might make you mad. That might make you laugh. But that's not something that's going to make the national news. Right. It may be a real problem, but it's a real problem within our own fandom, not for society. <laughs> yeah. And even then, it's like it's a minuscule thing, right? Yeah. But then there are real problems that exist like sexism, homophobia, pedophilia, zoophilia, racism, all that stuff. Those are real issues. That is not drama. Yeah. So we do just want to put that disclaimer out there when we are talking about uh, oh, LOL furry drama. We're not saying that real issues don't exist and that those are drama like petty drama. It's not. Those are real issues that should be cared about. But there are some little dramatic things that our fandom has that just make us laugh. And that's what we want to focus in on today. Those silly little things that make us laugh. (laughs) They're like the classic tropes of the fandom. And then like you think about it and you're just like, oh my god, yeah. (laughs) Like teenage drama, but replace teenagers with just adults that dress up as animals and draw animals all the time. Yeah, That sounds so sad. (laughs) So how does this all tie into first world problems then? So drama is the equivalent of first world problem issues. So it's things that are blown out of proportion or that are made to be a big deal when in reality... It's just very minuscule in comparison to other issues that should be focused on. Now, we have a quite a large list of the best first world problems that we could think of. We're going to go over the more classic ones here first, and then we'll delve into the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> so some classic ones you're going to hear... <laughs> Things poodling. like poodling. Oh, I'm sorry. Just the word poodling makes me laugh because I don't care. If the word poodle, poodle is already goofy, and then you add ing to it, and I'm like poodling, poodling, poodling. <laughs> I really don't care. And like, I have a friend. He's like, "This is how fursuiting should be." And I'm like, "There's no." rule on how someone can fursuit. So I don't care if they poodle as long as they don't ruin the magic. So for those who might not know, poodling is when human skin is showing while wearing a fursuit. So let's say you're wearing a head and hand paws and a tail, but you don't have arm sleeves. So you're wearing a t-shirt and your human arms are out. Or maybe you're wearing a tank top or whatever, right? (laughs) You know, I think the one form of poodling that should be banned is wearing everything and everything is covered, but your bare feet are out. (laughs) Gross. You're yeah. just raw dogging your toes on the con floor. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> that's one, illegal. I, that's gross. You shouldn't do that. That's unsanitary. I don't <laughs> care if you're like, I want to have my feet on the ground. I don't believe in, you know, man-made stuff. And I'm like, the carpet is man-made. Put your damn <laughs> your first on. is man-made. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, that's the only form of poodling. I can, I've never seen that before, but it sounds cursed. And it sounds like it might actually happen now. Oh, no, please don't. Uh, Something else that's considered drama in the fandom is mersuits or immersuiting. And mersuits are fursuits that you can have sex in. Not all fursuits are mersuits, but they do exist. And they are, they're not as controversial as they used to be, actually. Back in like 2010. Yeah. Oh, my God. There were like Tumblr pages that were like mersuit beware. Yeah. And they would essentially hunt down proof of people being mersuiters. And then they would post their fursuit online and say, warning, this person's a mersuiter. Like, 
But that is not a thing anymore. To define if you're not sure what a mersuit is, it's a fursuit that you can have sex in. Yes. Basically, they have things like SPH, which is... Special placed hole. Yeah, special placed hole, which where your ding-dong goes or where your bum hole is or your slit in your clit. I don't like the way you said that. I think I'm going to go vomit now. (laughs) (laughs) I slit for the clit. I'm just kidding. Jesus Christ. I I don't even even think you could locate a clit on a diagram, my dear. I don't think a man could. Oh, Jesus. Jeez Louise. But yeah, like mersuits like that. The thing with mersuits, though, is that they're getting really good where they're cleverly hidden that you, you can't tell. Oh, yeah. Even if you're not wearing shorts or underwear over it, like they've gotten so good at making zippers that are hidden that you just can't tell. But okay, I just want to go into this real quick. It's on our other list, but underwear on fursuit. This is what I don't get. <laughs> so, ah, uh, that shouldn't be on a fursuit. I don't understand how that's appropriate. And two, that just makes me think you're a mersuiter and you're just kind of like throwing it out there because you know you can. <laughs> Look at you, make a mountains out of molehills. <laughs> it's so ridiculous it's like okay men can walk around in their underwear and it's totally fine but as soon as a woman walks out in her bra and panties it's like oh no close the doors you know what last fwa one of my roomies identified as a woman one is a cis woman and she <laughs> she was like you know what after 11 o'clock i'm gonna put some panties on my fursuit and walk around and i said oh like yeah. fursuit underwear and she said yes but you never see panties you never see female fursuiters no doing you it. don't and then she was like i see the male fursuiters doing it all the time and i just want to protest so she bought some like extra large underwear that's awesome she put her panties on over her fursuit and was just walking around the con during after dark hours like <laughs> and it was so funny i loved it <laughs> But see, that's the thing. After dark hours are one thing. But at a convention, like at BLFC, there are after dark hours, but fursuiters still wear underwear over their fursuit on daylight hours for everyone to see. And I don't understand why that's a thing and how that's acceptable. If it's a con where minors can attend, you should definitely keep it until the after dark hours start. Because I know FWA, you have to have a parent or guardian with you if you are a minor, like legally. They won't let you. So it is a more adult convention and we even have i think it's called the midnight festival or something like that at fwa oh, this cool. year they're having an after dark adult only event in the showroom this year where you're welcome to <sighs> wear would, kink gear i would love to go there's going to be not safe for work dealer tables puppies. like yeah there's going to be a lot of puppies probably so oh God, and i'm really excited for that it's nice to see a convention embrace some adult parts of the fandom but to give you a space to do it because that might reduce the amount of people wearing kink gear out on the comp floor because now they have an event to wear it to. You know what I mean? It's in a safe, closed off area during after dark hours when minors are 90% probably not going to be there. That's a really good idea. It's such a great idea. BLFC's schedule hasn't come out yet. And of course, if you're listening to this, yeah, it's already come out. But when we're recording it, we have like our panels are scheduled, but I have no idea like what artists are going. I have no idea what actual schedules are ready to go. They're still kind of in that planning stage. Yeah. So I'll get excited for it, I'm sure, like a couple weeks before. <laughs> we're actually, we're almost a couple weeks before. We're a month week out. Yeah, two weeks until FWA and then a month until BLFC. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm already in vacay mode. <laughs> Back to the list. All right. Another one is fursuit making methods. If you are new to the show, I am a professional fursuit maker. And being in the fursuit making community, Fursuit making methods is just something that gets thrown around all the time. I think the most recent piece of drama on Twitter is whether it is considered low quality to not line your hand paws. And everybody was like, why Why is that like the make or break? It's not bad quality to not line your hand paws. It's not good quality to line your hand paws. It can go either way. Some people don't like lining in their hand paws. Like it was just a whole big discussion on just lining hand paws. And this happens so often, like what should you use to make this part of the fursuit or should fursuits that are high quality have this aspect to them? And it's like, there are hundreds of different ways to make a fursuit. And saying that only one way is the correct professional way is like stupid. (laughs) 
Another example of first world problems is open versus closed species. Oh, God. Why don't you go into that one? <laughs> I, oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. I feel like some of the more closed species or the open species that are so restricted, I might as well go live in Russia while I'm at it. Just saying. Because it's so strict and it's so like, can't do this and you can't do that and blah, blah, blah. And it's so policed. There are open species, which is open for everyone to use, right? But there's still some rules to it. Yeah, closed species is a species that somebody has created and And nobody else is allowed to make one. Yeah, it's under lock and key. Yes. And so you can't do anything. And then there'll be someone who does do that anyways. And then information and drama just explodes. Yeah. You're basically like taking someone's copyrighted trademark work and then, you know, just doing it anyways. Yeah. It's not cool. And so you have that. But the thing is, is like you have like, for instance, you know, this in the real world. And when it happens, you don't hear very much about it. But when it happens in the fandom, it's like the world itself implodes and then re-explodes again. And it's just, (laughs) it's so awful. (laughs) Oh my god. Things go wrong. We have an episode about open versus closed species as well. Yeah. We have a lot of episodes about a lot of these things, actually. <laughs> that we talk about it and or that we'll re-talk about it in other episodes because mm-hmm. opinions change. Yeah, so feel free to browse our gallery. See if, yeah. if any of these intrigue you, you might be able to find a whole 30-minute or hour-long discussion about it. We have a more recent episode about this next one, which is fursuit pricing. Yeah. And fursuit pricing is another thing that's been thrown around online about, you know, how much should fursuits be? Why do fursuits cost so much? Why shouldn't they be cheaper? Why should they be cheaper? Like, that's just a whole, a whole argument that happens every single day. <laughs> I feel like the arguments and the conversations around fursuit pricing is just like the fashion industry almost. It's just ridiculous. And everyone like snipes at each other. And it's like, ah, oh, you can't be doing prices that high for your quality. You know, kind of a thing. It's just, mm-hmm. I hate it. It is sad. So and especially dumb. since it's, again, artists first, we're humans first. So when you're a human being, you're an independent artist making this extreme wearable art piece. Like it takes hours upon hours. And then people are like, you shouldn't be charging that much. It's like, okay, (laughs) these aren't the Dickies jeans you buy at Walmart, my dude. (laughs) No, yeah. And the other thing is, is fursuit designs. And we're talking like sparkle dogs, basic designs, copywriting colors and markings. Yeah, this could be for fursuits or just for fursonas in general. People will argue left and right about how you can't copyright markings. You can't copyright colors. And I roll my eyes, which is just right there, a first world problem. Because I'm like, are we serious? right now mm-hmm. like somebody who has a basic husky fursona that's <laughs> just like white and neon green and they're like you can't copy my fursona it's like it's literally just a husky with different colors you can't there's gonna be probably 50 other people with that same fursona and you're just they should just okay call them that. highlighters that's what they should yeah highlight puppies yeah, highlight puppies, because that's literally like t- someone took highlighters out of a box and just colored their fursona. And it's always neon. Always. I don't get it. <laughs> it just, it's always neon. It just makes no sense. <laughs> God. Kink talk. Oh, yeah. Mm. Kinks. There are so many different kinks within the fandom. Oh, yeah. And there's always some controversy going on with some of them. Always. And then always. as soon as someone finds out, it spreads like wildfire on Twitter. And then you're just like, I can't believe I'm a furry. Yep. I hate this. Especially kinks in spaces like conventions. Yeah. Like we mentioned earlier, wearing kink gear on the con floor. Should that be allowed? Should that not be allowed? Or, you know, whatever. It really depends. It does. Like, <laughs> so everybody's opinion is different but kink talk in general for many many different types of kinks is always on the drama table of a first world problem yes we also have brushing your suit remember how i mentioned earlier how there were whole tumblr pages warning people of mersuits there were also tumblr pages that would call fursuiters out for having matted fur or dirty fursuits and on one hand i can understand wanting to bring attention to somebody who has a fursuit that's really great gross yeah especially if they go to conventions off <coughs> growly um growly has a lot of issues not just a dirty fursuit but yeah awful. yeah there's <laughs> yeah. other there's other things but like 
you know, it is that person's property. So if they don't want to wash it, I guess that's their choice. But that doesn't mean anybody's going to want to interact with that person. You know what I mean? The point where it becomes a biohazard. Yeah, that's everybody's problem. But, you know, but brushing your fursuit specifically, folks who own a fursuit understand that when people tell you you need to brush your fursuit, it's like, I did 10 minutes ago and yeah. then I put it on and took one step. Like it's not going to stay pristine. The pictures you see online, especially pictures that fursuit makers upload, we will be brushing a fursuit as we take pictures of it constantly to try and make the fur look smooth, to try and make it look nice and neat, to give you that perfection illusion for our gallery. But as soon as that thing is worn or as soon as that thing just steps outside where it's and even a little windy. Because you've got a giant wet body on the inside of it. Yeah, you know? like it's just, it's not going to look clean and perfect all the time. The only way to do it is the one way that you shouldn't ever do it. Hairspray. Actually, you can use hairspray on a fursuit. But you want to use a good kind of hairspray, right? No. Really? Opposite. You want to use... You know what? Here's some tips. Tips and tricks for y'all. You can use that. Oh, is it called like Aqua something? Aquanet? Aquanet? The cheap ass. It's because fursuit fur is synthetic plastic and Aquanet works great on synthetic wigs. And this is a good tip for anybody. If you're a fursuiter, spray some Aquanet on your hands and then just pet your fursuit. Because even on the short shaved parts on the face, even that will get disheveled. Because fursuit makers are humans and getting a clean shave is common to be able to have a clean shave. But even so, if a fursuit gets ruffled up, it's not going to look clean. But if you put a little bit of hairspray and you just pet down the face of your fursuit, or if you want your hair tuft to stick up, then, you know, put some hairspray on it, style it. It'll stay like that for much, much longer. Now, I wouldn't do it to your whole bodysuit. That's a lot. But things like face, hair tufts, maybe even tails, totally use hairspray. It is awesome. I have a fursuit that has a mohawk made out of brushed yarn, and I just doused that shit with hairspray. And it has stayed completely stiff and upright for months now. It's totally fine. And it can clean hairspray out too. Just a wet rag. Another thing is NSFW art. Mm-hmm. Or as it used to be called, YIF art. YIF is yeah. not a popular word anymore. No, it's more one of those words. It's a cringe word. It's a cringe word. It's like a funny word. Yeah. But yeah, not safe for work artwork. <laughs> this is mostly drama when it comes to people talking about the fandom. So I feel like people within the fandom, not safe for work art has been normalized. What is 20.5k furry art? So 20.5k furry art is, is subscriptions. No, it's furry art or auctions, whether it's a fursuit, whether it's a your character here. The highest selling furry art auction went for 20.5k dollars. Why? So that was a bunch of drama because people were like you could buy a fancy car with that money why would you spend it on furry art or blah 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 like that artist like their time isn't worth that much money or what it was just it caused a huge stink so stupid (laughs) but it caused a lot of drama and I'm like for one I want to say congratulations to the artist for making that money yeah and for two congratulations to the buyer for having that money yeah and being like yeah I don't care yep (laughs) I'll do it <laughs> now on to our more classic not classic but like more first world problems because we were going over examples of things but these are definitely things that i see and i'm just like oh my god yes <laughs> like our daily first world problems we just went over yeah. some like more of the like drama main points these are our sub these are your daily struggles <laughs> yeah so the first one here is not trusting anyone to use your phone or computer Oh my God. So I am a high school English teacher. And anytime I want to show a student a picture on my phone, I have to be sure they don't take it from me because if they scroll left or right, I don't have anything not safe for work on my phone. But I might have a picture of a first student or something. And I'm like, God, no, they can't. No. Yeah. I gave my phone to someone the other night and they were looking through it. And I'm like, please don't hit the back button. Please don't hit the back button. (laughs) It goes to a site that I just don't want people to see. And they'll be like, holy shit. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what you should use incognito mode, my dude. You can also lock. I've, this is what I've done with my gallery and my phone is I've actually hidden folders. So that unless you know where to look for it, or if you know the passcode, you're not getting into it. Yeah. But then again, they're always labeled NSFW. So then people are like, what's in this folder? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> Ugh. 
unshowered people at conventions. Ew! Six two one people. Come on, follow the rule. You gotta follow the six two one. Six hours of sleep, two meals, one shower. Yeah, minimum. At minimum. least, at least. So gross. Registration lines. God, con lines are almost always at least an hour long, which sucks. You want to get there at the beginning of the day. You never want to get there any other time of the day because it's always super long and there's always problems with registration i don't have you on the roster i paid for it here's my receipt yep (laughs) give me my badge good lord oh my god so we were just talking about this but underwear on fursuits Mm -hmm. gross there's also people who come into your inbox and just say hi oh my god (laughs) that is so annoying especially if you run a business like again as a fursuit maker if somebody comes into my dms on twitter and just says hi i'm gonna ignore them please tell me what you want be like hello I'm interested in a quote. Are you open? Don't just say hi. Because what can I say back to that? Hello? I don't know you. Let's get to know each other. But like the hi, how are you? And then there's nothing else and it's dead, like dead noise. I'm just like, no, I'm done. It's even worse if it's followed with, do you role play? (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad for people who like to role play because like I... (laughs) I'm sure it's a fun hobby, but always going to some random person's DMs and asking them if they role play, that's just not it. <laughs> Here's the funny part about it is when they do ask it, often than not, they don't know how to role play. <laughs> yeah. So when you get into it, it's like, what am I getting into now? Oh my God. Forgetting to pack your tail or belt to a con. Yeah. If you forget to pack your belt, at least you can go buy a belt. But if you don't pack your tail, especially if you have a full suit, can't just go buy. You're just going to have. Have like a hole. In the- yeah, it's just there's that putting on your suit and then needing to use the bathroom afterwards. I get pre suit up anxiety, and when I feel anxious, I feel like I have to pee. So I will use the bathroom literally like two or three times before I put on my suit, and then even after that, when I put it on, I'm like, oh my god, do I have to pee right now, or do I just feel anxious? And I'm like, I know I don't have to pee because I just pee. <laughs> oh, just put a diaper on it, whether you're a diaper fur or not. Gross. No. <laughs> <laughs> fursuit wait lists. Wait lists for fursuit makers. Oh, man. So if you're wanting to commission, especially a popular fursuit maker, you're going to be put on a wait list. Like oftentimes your progress won't go forward until you pay off your suit. And then even then you have to wait for the people in front of you to get made first. So mm-hmm. the wait list will be much smaller. and They'll look a lot different depending on what fursuit maker you commission. But regardless There is going to be a wait. That's just the name of the game. And you know what kills me about this? Is that there are well-known fursuit makers in the United States and around the world that will do this that just drives me up the wall. They'll take a side like upgrade. So if you're like last in line, but you got like, I don't know, $10,000 laying around and maybe some weed, you can give that to the maker and they'll jump you to the top of the line. (laughs) It's so effing annoying because you've been waiting only to have someone just get pushed right in front of you it's god we also have fur affinities homepage, which is just always toxic to the eyes it is and you know it's so funny because they like six months ago or a year ago they said they redid their front page and i looked at it and i'm like what did you do? <laughs> nothing's changed. The other thing too is the people behind it are still the same people. So there's nothing different about it. Oh my God. I'm going to Fur Affinity right now. Yeah, same. I like I'm how Fur Affinity is not a popular website anymore. But as soon as I type it in, the first result to come into the drop down bar is Fur Affinity is down. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. Okay. Speaking of, we're going to add that on there. Fur Affinity is down. Everybody goes the weasel. <laughs> which no one uses god you can't even delete your weasel account you can clear it out but you can't delete it which i feel like was very intentional because like weasel knew it was just the backup so they didn't want people just deleting their accounts so i'm already logged in but the first thing that i get when i go to furfinny.net is just tons of art that i don't really care about or god awful looking art or fat furries. Fat furries are always on the front Inflation page. Inflation furries, man. They're everywhere. And I'm like, thanks. I definitely wanted to see boobs much bigger than the actual body itself. Are you looking at the fat fur Lucario right now? No, but I'm going to go look at it. That's the other thing, too. <laughs> Is that the... There's a big blue blob. Is that the one? 
Mm-hmm. Baby furs, fat furs, ponies, and muscle furs always end up landing on the front page of this goddamn website. I don't understand. You're guaranteed to always see at least one Sonic thing. What the hell is that? I don't even know what that. Is. Oh God, gross! I'm just gonna copy that. I'm gonna share this image with you. Oh no! I feel like you need to see this image. You guys can't see this image, and I am not gonna link this image. I like how <laughs> Fur Affinity changed the banner, and it's just like a Utopia art style ripoff. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. That's all I see though. It's like sex, 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 and then of course you can change it to SFW. So if I change the way I see this as SFW, let me. Oh, maybe it didn't oh yeah there it is toggle the nsfw view refresh it's still ridiculous fat art I'm not saying like fat art is a bad thing over sexualized characters and oh what is that some chick Ew. with big hips yeah i know right what is that Did they draw an ms paint okay <laughs> i don't even know it's so gross you'll find some things that you'll oh. question why the hell did I join this victim? <laughs> yeah. You know what? And that kind of goes into the fact that we don't have any more like gallery websites. Like Fur Affinity is a gallery website, but it's become so cursed and also just so unpopular and hard to navigate that no one really uses it. There's DeviantArt, but I feel like no one really uses DeviantArt DeviantArt either. isn't, yeah, isn't used much anymore either. And it's not really a furry based website. We need a new furry gallery website. I would love to have a hub to go to again. That furry network. I love Twitter for communicating and for seeing the verbal part of the furry fandom. But when it comes to having a gallery, like it's sad that we don't have one anymore. Let me just go ahead and highlight the furry network.com as this happens to be probably the best segue from cringe sites to wanting to be an art based gallery site i think you went and looked at it too yeah furry network is an awesome website and i wish it was more yeah. popular because that's the thing there might be some gallery websites that exist that look great but don't have anything but the community hasn't moved over to it yeah and i'm like if we could just all pick one unanimously and move on over it would be yeah. great yeah it's furry network.com yeah furry network.com i'll put that in the information goddamn popufers yeah <laughs> Damn, pop you furs. And this could go two ways. This drama could yeah. be coming from people who are not popular, who always complain about popular people. <laughs> or popular people. Or popular people actually being problematic. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like popular people being like, I'm so popular that I just don't have time for anything. It's like, yeah. you asked for this. You have no room to complain. <laughs> oh, my God. So... <laughs> This one, I'm sorry. This one, this one so makes me great. laugh just reading it. It's <laughs> just visualizing it. Hot personas with basement dwelling people who are behind them. Yeah. There's always like There's a really always going to be a lot of people in the character. fandom where, yeah. And like behind it is like this dungeon and dragon's master yep. who just doesn't have a life. <laughs> I was at the Renaissance Festival a couple weeks ago and my friends and I were there walking around and there were some furries there. And one of them was like this beautiful, feminine, curvy with like a fake chest, like fox yeah. full suitor. Super pretty. And, you know, complimented her suit, kept walking. But then I turned to my friend after we walked down a ways and I said, I bet you 10 bucks there's a nerdy guy wearing that suit oh yeah oh yeah hoping that he'll get some sort of tail who knows yeah (laughs) so weird uh going to the convention but forgetting your condoms (laughs) this is a very gay man problem i don't have this one (laughs) it is because there's so much sex that happens that for i've actually heard people and i know people who just go to conventions to have sex I mean, it's a thing. And it's not like, not to say that you go to a con and it's like there's orgies everywhere. They're all behind closed doors. If you go to a convention, you wouldn't know unless you have been invited into those rooms, right? Right, right. But they do. Like, if you go to MerTube or whatever you use, there's always going to be like, (laughs) if a convention happened recently, then you're going to see at least like 10 new videos from different people. Like, you know, like BLFC 2020 orgy or whatever. (laughs) Is there something really <laughs> called MerTube? MerTube, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to go check this out later. <laughs> oh, my God. What? I'm not afraid to say that I like the kink. No, I mean, I get it. Why would I know about it oh, if I yeah, haven't I looked it up? But yeah, right? it's, that's a website. <laughs> uh, okay. When you go to a con and you're sleeping in the bathtub because your con hotel room is so crowded. Yes. A lot of oh people will overbook their hotel <laughs> yes. rooms to save money. <laughs> 
but then, then you're on the floor but then you have to sleep, sleep on the, the floor table. with like three other people it's so true going to the gaming room and it's always full god always or all the games are taken or all the tables are totally filled up with people <laughs> it's always a thing a whole week single still no mate no one loves me <laughs> god i hate it when people <laughs> refer to their partners as mates yeah it low-key grosses me out <laughs> it's so true like okay like newbies in the fandom they're like i got a new boyfriend and he's like 16 or something or 18 and we've been together for a week and love is forever with us and then like a week later they're like i have a new boyfriend <laughs> do you know what a boyfriend is do you know what i mean i don't think you do <laughs> god <sighs> then you have people in chat let's say you're excited to go to a convention and you're talking to your friends in chat but then the downer of the group is always like man i wish i could go dot 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 frowny face and it's like everybody's just talking about the hype for a convention and then someone always has to pop in like oh i can't go my parents won't let me oh i can't go i'm too poor and it's like bro you're allowed to be sad that you can't go to a convention but stop mm -hmm. trying to like rain on everybody else's parade having no grasp on anatomy but being a furry porn artist you can get away with anything as long as you stick a dick in there <laughs> oh my god that's what i was gonna say like a giant penis that the own furry person is riding on because that's how big it is <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> when you discover that your favorite artist is problematic. Yep. Oh, man. This has happened to me. My absolute favorite artist. They have like three different names, so I'm not even going to list it. But my favorite artist ever about five years ago came out as being a zoophile. And I was like, God damn it. Now I got to block them. And like I have badges and art by them and I don't bring them to cons because I feel bad. But they're still my favorite badges. And I'm so sad. And I have a fursuit maker that I absolutely adored they had like really neat and just really cool design suits and the texture was everything and i really wanted it, it was on my bucket list i'm gonna go ahead and say it sparky can do but then they came out and i heard that they had like homophobia things and they were against like transsexuals and i'm just like transgenders transgenders thank you and i was just like oh my god now i gotta block them and i can never have that like i will never get a fursuit that is as detailed as that and now it's ruined you know i always have a bad habit of i'll block a fursuit maker or an artist and then my brain automatically goes oh they're not even in the fandom anymore they're not active but it's like oh no they probably are active i just blocked them <laughs> yeah like you just forget about them yeah Rage quitting. When people Always. rage quit the fandom, like, I'm going to leave the fandom and then, da, da, and then a week later, they're like, hey guys, I'm back. <laughs> Also going with rage quitting because we didn't put that in there, but I saw one that was like rage quitting or faking your death only to find out that you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you can't like reinvent yourself and expect people to not know who you are, really. Yeah. I wonder if there has been anybody in the fandom who has successfully faked their death and came back as a new person. I don't know. There's probably something out there. There has to be. How about hiding your dragon dildos from your parents? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, if you still live with your parents, but you're over 18, it could be a struggle trying to hide things from them, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Why don't you talk about the furry twink space? This is your thing, hon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. Furry twinks, right? You may be like, what the hell is a twink? A twink is like a really young looking guy who is over 18, but still looks like a teenager. They're everywhere at the furry conventions they're so skinny and their bodies look perfect and they always look good and they're everywhere and i'm just like oh i don't <laughs> like this i'm not gonna get my cheeks clapped with these guys here no but they're just like ha 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 i'm gonna have sex later do you want to have sex no i'm gonna have sex with him or they'll be like i've done it with him with him with him with him and they could like point around the room and it's like gross get away from me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i know this one <laughs> this one drives me nuts oh god fursuit abs i don't care about your abs <laughs> okay similar to the fox fursuiter that was probably a dude underneath when it comes to fursuit abs or fursuits that are plus sized and they're like obviously padded it's yeah. like the people underneath most likely do not have abs or there's a thin guy in that fursuit yeah and not actually fat in real life so misleading and it drives me nuts <laughs> you know that can kind of go into being a plus-sized furry this is kind of teetering on the I'm edge of being furry yeah me too and this is kind of teetering on the edge of being a real problem and being drama because when you're a plus-sized furry 
it's furry drama because it's a furry specific issue, but mm-hmm. it's also a real problem because if you're a plus size furry and you have a fursuit or you're just doing your own thing outside of fursuit, a lot of people will sexualize you like, oh, why are you self-conscious? You have a cute tummy or, you know, like, oh, I love chubby people. Like, you're so Get cute away from me. or you're so hot <laughs> and it just makes you uncomfortable because that's like you're verbally making me uncomfortable by sexualizing my human body when I'm just trying to exist. I get to sexualize my body. You do you not. Don't. Yeah, not without my consent. Or if you're a fursuit, it's especially bad because people will just come up to you and like rub your tummy. And what if you're not into that? Like, what if you are self-conscious? Or what if somebody has an eating disorder and you're just bringing attention to their body like that? That's not cool. I don't mind people rubbing my tummy as long as I know who they are. Yeah. Like, with my own circle of friends, totally okay. Do I know you, but you're hugging me or whatever, and then you touch my belly? I'm not pregnant. Get away from me. Yeah, like, no thanks. Yeah. And then there's also the fact that a lot of people who sexualize fat furs are not fat themselves yeah. a lot of them they could be called feeders they're thin people who are just hella into fat people i don't get it and there's nothing wrong with being attracted to people who are plus size like we are beautiful we are sexy i get it but to the point where you are like verbally costing someone or you're basically sexually assaulting people like mm-hmm. you're making them uncomfortable like that's a real issue but it's also very fandom specific because outside of the furry fandom being overweight or being plus sized isn't automatically attractive like it is in the furry fandom i'll be your friend but i'm not sexually attracted to it yeah yeah oh my god this one has me so anxious flying with a resin blank based fursuit head because it can shatter it could just break it could just break and if you don't have it as carry-on you gotta pad it up right because they're gonna be throwing your luggage around you don't know if your fursuit's gonna come back in one piece you gotta be so careful with that thing i would just carry it on it would be my carry-on item i'm sorry and the last thing on this list having to shout to be heard while in fursuit oh my god <laughs> watching people talk to each other and like in con spaces or at any event where there's fursuits <laughs> It's so funny because she's like, yeah, and then I did this thing with my friend. And I'm like, oh, my God. When you take your fursuit head off in the headless lounge, people are still talking loudly because they forget. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to talk in fursuit, to be honest. I don't know what my voice will be. It just depends on how I feel that day. I might get high pitched. I might not. We'll see. Yeah. Some people don't talk in fursuit at all. And that might be the easiest route to go, honestly. I talk in in some of my suits and I don't in others. It just depends. I'll tell you what, though. Those like digital ones that have like voice speakers and stuff. Those are so cool. Those are so cool. (laughs) I see those and I'm like, I want you. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it, folks. That is First World Problems. If you're new and you liked what you heard, then continue listening on. You'll be able to go back to our actual episodes from this link. So that's really cool. And you can further listen on and subscribe. And then, of course, if you want to send us an email, you can always do that, which is talktothemuzzle at gmail.com. And that information is always below, available for anyone. We also have a Telegram chat if you would like to join. It's a really awesome community filled with some really kind people. It's not so big that it's overwhelming, but it's just big enough to be really interactive. Mm -hmm. And if you would like to be part of the Straight From The Muzzle family, feel free to join that chat below. Yeah, it's always good. And then we have Twitter, which is at from the muzzle. We're not super active on it, but we're active enough. No, we're not. We're just we we have we have a presence. We'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on being more active on it. Yeah, we're we're getting there. <laughs> but anything else you want to add before we end? We hope you enjoyed BLFC, and I really look forward to having some more folks come in and to interact with us. If you again, like Space said, want to email us if you have show ideas or if you have any ideas on anybody you would like to see us interview. We are always open to hearing some tips and some ideas from our listeners. It is not just a one-way street. We love interacting with you. So you have feel your own free. Podcast? I'll join. Yeah, feel yeah. free. Yeah, ask us to be interviewed. We never get interviewed, so it's fun to do it. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening in overall. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.